Hi, this is Gabriela. And this is Brandy. Welcome back to no, Book I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And this is Brandy. <laughs> Remember how excited you were at the beginning? What I was supposed to say? Welcome to book gossip. Welcome to book gossip. Yeah. Okay. Is that two inches? Yeah. Okay. Why not? A double dose because let me tell you guys, you're going to be very upset because we're going to be not that great in the month of November. <laughs> no, we're very busy for school and holidays and our schedule are all over the place. We're not matching at all. I don't know what holidays you're talking about. When I say holidays, I say, I say Thanksgiving just because of work, not yeah. because I'm doing something. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. We're doing a lot of working, but also every major project I have this semester is due in November. So, yeah. It's like one week after the other. Papers, papers, papers. So every episode is going to be a surprise. Yeah. Because we maybe don't know. Maybe <laughs> Thursday, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe next week. One day. We don't promise too much this month. But, I mean, we're going to give you great episodes. We've, we're reading some great stuff this month. Yeah, we just worked hard for like three hours looking for books and reading all the summaries. Yes, but also we have uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil lined up for November. But also we're finally going to give you the Gunslinger. Finally, um, we took a class to do <laughs> to, to work out three microphones. To yes, record. <laughs> and I finally fucking figured it out. <laughs> we are not... We are not those people. We're not technical at all. So. But we, we, we're working it out. That's cute. We started the podcast with that PSA. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, we're not technically inclined. Oh, yeah. That was our first episode. We're like, just to let you know. And I'm pretty sure people can hear us saying that either. The first and the second. No, episode. the beginning of the first episode sounds great. The second half. Oh, it's when. Or maybe the second one. I'm not sure. Whenever we got COVID, we couldn't record together. No, we couldn't. Yeah yeah okay anywho what are we doing today so today we're doing the awakenings uh the 1990 film is directed by kenny marshall and it's i'm reading your summary it's based on the book of the same name by oliver Sacks, and it's based on a true story did you say kenny or did you say penny penny marshall okay cool uh yes yeah okay uh i've think i was the one who said to watch this yes uh because alex put it on tv and we were like oh let's just like watch it and it just got very very interesting the cat put this on tv yeah, yeah he put it on he picked it he was like let's he pick picked this yeah he didn't know what it was about and then we put it on and we both liked it we got it very into it but because he's like a typical narcissist cat he was like good i did a good job right Wow. Okay. Um, I'm really surprised that Alex found this, but not because I don't think that he would do a great job. Great job if he ever listens to this. <laughs> but I mean, I, I felt like this was you all the way. No, it was him. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Cool. I remember you picked this because I understood that you meant The Awakening. Oh, okay. Like as a... in the movie we covered before. Yes. And I was like... I'm not getting the same vibes as you. <laughs> like, this is very us. It's like, um, is it? <laughs> that's when we read a book and we were like, that's not what I read. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to us a lot. So, right. 
the awake no awakenings awakenings wow we should pause <laughs> just kidding so do you want to do the summary then no that's okay no i meant me do you want me to start yes you should start okay so the movie starts with dr malcolm sayer who is played by robin williams and he's going to hold on do you want to hand me my glasses uh really good idea yeah I thought I thought I was doing okay, but I was not. All right, here we go for real. So he's going to a job interview for a job at I wrote mental hospital, but I'm pretty sure it's like a chronic hospital or I don't something like that. Yeah, I don't remember the wording exactly, but it's just long term patients um, in the Bronx, which is a borough of New York. Mm -hmm. All right, just in case people didn't know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there were people listening from like somewhere in the world like germany or something the only one person that we <laughs> that listens yeah. from germany so that's what that is and i guess there was some confusion because when he gets into the room the job that they're explaining is not what he was expecting he was expecting a job in research and not with patients and his reaction was <laughs> like you mean living people and i thought that the filmmaking here was really fun because it cuts to him in the room like getting interviewed and they're at opposite ends of this long fucking table for yeah. whatever reason and he's like it cuts exactly to him going you mean living people <laughs> and they're like well yes and he's like no it's okay i pass and they were like no no you, you can do it he's like no i don't think so he's like yes you can do it yeah he's <laughs> like well i spent the last what five years like extracting some fucking brain shit from <laughs> earthworms yeah <laughs> and he goes something like 10 deciliters of myelin from blah 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 and they're like uh-huh and he goes and i proved it that it couldn't be done <laughs> <laughs> after five years that was his achievement achievement oh my god so yeah that that's his background and so what they're setting him up for is abs like way out of his comfort zone but mm-hmm. he's like sure sure i'll take it um i don't know why uh, that they um hire him no why he agreed oh that's true he couldn't just maybe he didn't know how to say no i mean he was driving kind of a shit car Mm-hmm. maybe he figured i'm already fucking here yeah why not yeah they don't, it, they don't say why she, he stays and i think he so, just goes along with it yeah he seems like a pretty go with the flow and he probably felt bad well i think he's very interested in like studying the doing the research in the hospital it's just that he's socially awkward right he, he probably doesn't feel that i'm like i have to be with people and i'm not good talking with people he probably feels like he can still get his work done. Yeah. And he'll just find a way around it. Mm-hmm. So soon after starting the job, he realized that there were these uh, catatonic patients. I don't know why I said uh, catatonic patients. <laughs> um, that they had these random reactions to certain stimuli. Like the one that they showed the most like notably was mm-hmm. when he would throw a ball at them, they would catch it. And so these people who don't, Just to explain, catatonic means that they don't move or speak or react much to anything. Mm -hmm. So these people that outwardly project nothing Mm -hmm. would all of a sudden react and grab something. People that didn't move all day, like you had to do everything for them. They were were catching balls. 
They were catching balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because he's learning how to like actually talk to people and then he's picked this kind of like population that yeah. they do not talk. And then he's like, my job is trying to see who you guys talk or like have any reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like the worst um, position that he can be in. Yeah, I think, you know what I noticed though is that at least how the staff were portrayed was extremely helpful they seem to know the people that live there very yeah. well mm -hmm. and they seem to advocate for them decently mm -hmm. almost do you know what i'm saying yeah when it I, reminded me a lot of us yeah when i was watching it i was like also laughing just because it's comical to me sometimes it's what people say and do in those places just because um i don't know i think it's funny not making fun of them It's just, um, I don't know how to explain it. Just because that's my job, too. So you can relate. I can relate to, like, the staff being, like, sometimes, like, running around. And I like also that part of the, that they understand everything. Even they're not talking and you know what they're saying. Yeah. And also what I liked about how they portray how the hospital is, like, the people that are doing the direct care know them the most. But it's always yes. the administration that you have to go and talk to them because they have no idea what's happening with the patients. Yes. And anything that you ask, you have to be like, let me explain you step by step why they need it. Yes. I like that, how they did that too in the film. Like administrative, I understand that there can be a huge disconnect between the two. Yeah. But in this setting where everything is... I'm looking for a word that begins with C. Well, I'm just going to say it some other way. Mm -hmm. So everything depends specifically on the person. Like it's a case by case basis. Center. So like center to like the person. Yeah. Like patient centered or person however. Centered. That's not the word I was looking for. Mm. But it's so hard to try to relay that to administration. Yeah. Also, the hospital, oh, this, the film is based, like, on, during the 40s. And I, like, watching the film. No. Yes, it's, oh, no, it's the 70s, it's sorry. 69. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the 40s when that person got sick. Okay, I got that. The <laughs> date's, like, all wrong. Yeah. But even the 60s, way too early to, like, and even when I was watching the, the film, I was like, I wonder if because it's a film, they have to make it seem like it's a nice hospital. You know what I mean? I don't think in real life was this Did nice. Did it seem like a nice hospital? Not a hundred percent, but I they were. I think in my think it was like they're making it nicer just because it's a film. Yeah, like you're figuring in 1969, the conditions would have been much worse than yes, what because we're I was like there. the hospital's clean. It's clean. It's old, but it's clean. Yeah, that's and what the my staff thinking. are attentive and plentiful. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sorry, but there's no reality yeah. where the nurses would have been sitting around with nothing to do, to do yeah that's true nahan yeah that's true yeah all right so we're done <laughs> with that <laughs> digression so he realizes that these patients are having these reactions and he starts to see something in them he can tell that there's something behind these shutters mm -hmm. if you will that's as deep as i get so Dr. Sayer, like, I just wanted to kind of point out that because he 
did come from research. He did come from this experimental state of mind. It allowed him to really observe this kind of thing and go deeper into it in the way that he did, like the way he approached things, even with the lady that couldn't walk across the floor. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is? Like, you know how hard it is mm-hmm. when we're in the caregiving setting and we're just in mode, like make sure that everybody's clean, make sure they ate, make sure mm-hmm. they get meds. You really don't stop to think about, well, maybe the perception's off because the floor's not the same color. But wait, like when I, when she was doing the floor, the floor thing they remind me when we were working with somebody that we didn't know why the person um, didn't want to go into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then we went, they got the workshop and they were like, he sees a hole. Yeah. And we're like, oh, duh. He thinks that he's going to step into a hole and die. Yeah. And we had no idea. And we kept pushing. It's the same thing that this woman had. She couldn't go forward because she saw like a huge hole. Yeah. Just, just because the, the color is different. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's hard to stop and think about stuff like that it's really just remembering a lot of stuff at once Mm -hmm. you can't consider every viewpoint at every moment when you're also trying to make sure that these people are just kept well yes exactly (laughs) it takes a village yes that's true and there's usually just one or two of us (laughs) that's all you got And uh, so I just wanted to point that out, that he really thinks from those different viewpoints and, you know, all of the different variables that could go into it. And I think that was really important in this. I also wrote his type of research as with plants and bugs and stuff. Okay. What do you mean by that? Well, he just loved plants so hard. Yeah, that's true. Like anytime you saw him at home, he just had plants. He got a plant book in the mail. He was living for it. (laughs) That's true. He got that research with worms and yeah. pictures of fucking bugs and shit. You know what it reminds me of was that book with the woman who lived in the swamp or whatever. And she drew those pictures of plant life and stuff that were specific to the area she lived in, like whatever that water area was, but she got accused of the murder. No, I don't write that book. It was perhaps a book club book. Maybe. Yeah, and it was a famous one, too. It was a book people were reading all over the place. Mm. Oh, fuck. And remember, I thought the main character was black the whole time? No, I don't Until remember. the end, when they mentioned again. <laughs> she was white. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> was she white? She was white. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. What was the name of that book? Somebody will know. Okay. So anyways, I just kind of brought that up because I thought it was a funny way for me to write it. And sometimes when I write these summaries, I don't have the words. So I just write down whatever. And I know that I'll come up with something more eloquent. Oh, okay. But then I like to let you see behind the screen. (laughs) You know, like like in The Wizard of Oz. I don't know anything about When he's like, and he's got all the smoke and everything, and he's no like, doing the thing, and then he's like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. but then they open the door, and it's just some old guy. No. <laughs> I never watched that movie. You never watched the movie, The Wizard of Oz? No. Is that something that you should you watch when you're a kid? It's something you watch at all. Oh. I thought it was like something you watched as a kid. It's like a holiday movie, I think. For when? Um, Christmas? Like, yeah. Christmas, oh, okay. Thanksgiving. Like, it just comes on TV. No, I see. Like, I know who the people are and all of that, but I never sat down and watched. 
Why? It's a great movie. How long is it? I don't know. Maybe like an hour and a half. Mm. I have no idea. A normal running time for a movie made in that time. Is that where the witch is green? Yes. Oh, okay. Is that where the witch is green? <laughs> That's what I remember. Wow. Alphaba. Okay. Wow. We can move on. Okay. We should watch it for the podcast then. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because they sing. Yeah, is that a musical too? They no, sing? of course not. <laughs> is that? They have little ditties. Oh, okay. But nothing like crazy. But you know, somewhere over the rainbows. Is that Oz? from Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Mm. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm not. No, no hits today. <laughs> Um, now, where was I? Okay, so he wanted to figure out what all of these people had in common. So he started to go through their files and he realized that all of these patients had a history of encephalitis lethargica. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to explain what that is. No, you're going to explain Okay, it. fine. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Um, it's basically a type of encephalitis, which is the inflammation of the brain. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. I'm looking to you for guidance here. <laughs> I actually read an article about oh, okay. the, I was supposed to be doing, this is why it took me so long to get this in here, because I was supposed to be doing the summary, but instead I started to click on all of the, I was in my school's um, library thing, so oh, you know, okay. you can look up articles, mm-hmm. and I was looking up encephalitis lethargica mm-hmm. and reading the fucking articles oh, that came out, yeah. like in epidemiology and shit. Yeah, because it was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fun. Did you dive? No. I read a little bit, but I didn't dive. Well. All right. So that's what I was doing instead of the summary, so it took me a long time to get this down. Anyway, so he realized they all had that in common, um, and it's believed to be caused by a virus, which is how you usually get encephalitis. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, it causes neurological problems. And then in about half of the cases, there were long term consequences, which were like some of which were what we were seeing in the movie where you became like in that catatonic state. But, you know, it did vary by case. Um, They show a lot of the different observations that I was reading about in the movie. That's good. But the explanations for for them are extremely scientific okay so i did not feel like writing them all down but it basically had a lot to do with different like movement disorders or even like an eye movement Mm -hmm. that looks maybe like a seizure but it's not really a seizure it's oh yeah he has it yeah and they call it oh fuck I could never optic the word was insane something crisis yeah yeah he says it in the movie Exactly. So observations in the movie. Oh, okay. And um, lethargy, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't get that far into it. Mm-hmm. But if you were interested, I did link the main article that I read mm. in the bottom. I'm not sure if there's public access to it, but I'm sh- I'm sure there is. Okay. But I'm just not sure because I looked it up through the, the Tufts thing. Oh, okay. So it was like an epidemiology uh, database. Oh, wait, I just remember that I have access to a library, too. You do? <gasps> oh, you just got so excited. I'm going to use it because I'm paying for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I use it all the time. I didn't think about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
So he goes to visit a doctor who saw these patients years ago because, like Gabriella said, it was a pandemic, mm-hmm. epidemic, pandemic, epidemic, pandemic. It was a pandemic. Yeah, I read that it like kind of like um, intertwined with the influenza. Pandemic. Yeah, that's down below. Oh. That's, that's all I bottom. wanted to say. I didn't want to go. I just wanted to say that intertwined. That's all. Yeah, I read about that. There was yeah. a whole article. Oh, okay. I'll link it below. So there was a whole article determining the the coincidence of it, Mm -hmm. but um, that is part of my 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 little mini dive. Okay. So he goes to see this doctor, one that was studying these cases years ago, and the doctor shows him some videos, which are pretty sad, Mm -hmm. um, of him when he was studying the illness, and then he like their discussion kind of turns to like what these individuals who are suffering from these long term effects, like how how they're experiencing it, because we don't know because they don't talk to us. You have no idea. yeah. Yeah. And so Sayer asks, what are they thinking? And the doctor says nothing the virus didn't spare their higher faculties and so Sayer responds with how do you know that and then the doctor kills you by mm-hmm. saying because the alternative is unthinkable yes i remember that when he said that i'm like oh my shit that's because the basically worst. he's saying we have no idea but this helps us sleep at night yeah because how else could we live with the fact that these people are trapped in their own heads yeah like prisoners in their body Yes, that will kill you. Did you ever see the documentary about the girl who was turning to stone? No. I don't remember the d- the disorder, but it was something to do with your cartilage, like, ossifying, like, turning into bone. And uh, it's some kind of disorder that you get. And, like, your whole life as you're growing, your cartilage slowly starts to turn into bone. And so you turn into a statue. Oh, you look ossifying. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, they are following this little girl that has this problem and you know it's kind of sad and every now and then she'll feel pain Mm. and the mom says sometimes when she feels pain you don't know if it's like real or not because she's a child but like Mm. those are usually the signs that something's starting to solidify and she has to go to the doctor regularly so they can like scan and like you know keep track of what's going on what do you do with the calcification I mean, you leave it there because there's nothing you can do. Uh, they do visit older people that have it. And by older, I mean maybe like 20s, 30s, 40s. I don't remember the oldest person they visited, but it was pretty grim. Their advice was like, if you can choose a position to stay in, choose a standing position. That way you're able to lay down when you sleep. What the fuck? Yeah, like if you're able to choose which position you end up stuck in. Oh my god. Yeah. It was that bad. Well, I just remember one I never looked into this study. I saw this like the headline of the study of like um this um region is like from civil war. It's recent. Um I don't have the full information, but I was I, I want to look into it because I haven't saved on my phone. It's like these kids that they don't have anything like wrong health wise, like put they sleep for hours. They were just like passed out. Ah, There's a name they call like sleeping something It's because they've been sleeping for they can sleep for. It's not a sleeping disease because I know this happens to people, but they think it's from trauma. That these kids will just like drop and sleep. So it's something that is triggered them. 
it's like a coping mechanism. How long do they sleep for? For a long time. Maybe I will use that for a dive. <laughs> but because they talk about sleeping sickness and stuff when mm. they do in the article about the uh, encephalitis. Yeah, they, do, they call it like the, yeah, the sleeping sickness. Like they thought maybe it was related to that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because they couldn't, like some cases, also these cases were all very difficult. And you have to think, because from an epidemiological standpoint, trying to, like they were trying to count the number of cases that happened. And it's not really that possible because one of the first things you need to do when you're trying to like start a study is to identify a disease. Like you have to define it. And the definition has to be really exact because you can't have like some super vague definition because then you're going to include all sorts of cases too that many people, yeah. aren't actually cases of encephalitis lethargica. Yeah. But if it's too narrow, you could exclude cases yes. that are. Yeah. And they they just couldn't. Like, yeah. This is not something we can even know until later. Later on, yeah. And then because the influenza was happening, it masked a lot of the cases. It did, yeah. So it was wild. Okay, enough of that. Okay. We just got so science. <laughs> yeah, so he drops that bomb on you. So now you're thinking, holy shit, I hope these people can't fucking see what's going on. Yeah, oh, or not. I don't know. Just it's just like that. I said that and I'm like, holy shit, these people can hear and do it and feel everything. That's what I thought when that guy said that. Yeah. That's horrible. Wow. Okay. So the disease, like this type of consequence of the illness, encephalitis lethargica, has something to, it's called something Parkinsonian, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's related to Parkinson's disease, or it's similar to Parkinson's Mm -hmm. disease and how it like deals with the brain. And so Sayer starts to look into treatments for Parkinson's disease. And there's a new med out, the L-Dopa. Mm-hmm. Dopamine. You don't know the, the the brand name for that? Dopamine. That's what they call it? Is so it you that? go to the pharmacy and you ask for dopamine? I'm oh. really kidding. I don't oh. expect you to come at me with <laughs> the like, ph- <laughs> pharmacological <laughs> facts. No, it's a drug from L-Dopa, which is um the dopamine, the mm-hmm. chemical in your brain. Mm-hmm. And so... It's a chemical in your brain, correct? It is. Okay. So Leonard, enter Leonard, who is played by Robert De Niro. He's one of the patients of Sayers. And he gets regular visits from his mom. Like Sayer has interacted. Are you middle fingering me? No, I'm holding my cheek. So Sayer has interacted with his mom. Like, you know, talked to her a bit here and there. Mm -hmm. And he wants to try this med out. And so the the big wigs told him, you know, if you want to do this, Sure, whatever. We'll let you do it with one patient, but you have to get consent. And can you imagine? Clearly, you need consent. Well, it's 1969, so. Yeah, I know. But I was like, um, yes, you need consent. I mean, at the time, it was probably like, well, fuck, how am I going to get consent? Because not a lot of these people had regularly visiting moms. But Mm -hmm. luckily, we have Leonard, who did. And his mom was approached by Sayer, and he explained what he wanted to do we want to start him on this new med like brand new med mm-hmm. we don't know the and she's effects. like okay so exactly so she's what what are we doing and he was like well i'm not sure i'm hoping mm-hmm. that it will reverse the effects of what's going on or at least help him wake up and she goes okay well do you know x y and z he's like no mm-hmm. i don't know anything i just want to give your son this drug with hope hopeful intentions yeah she was like 
I just want to bring him back to see if he can come back. And he, she was like, to what? Yeah. And he was like, to you. Aww. And then she kind of like, mm, that makes sense. Yeah. But I like that she did say that. Like, come back to what? Mm-hmm. Because when he went under into the state that he's in now, he was um 1920. I mm-hmm. think she said 20 about. Mm-hmm. And now he's in his 40s. Yeah. So he's been like that for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. So he's lost a huge chunk of time. Mm-hmm. A huge chunk of time. Yes. So she's thinking... Um, but a lot of people, when you get blindsided by the possibility of reversing such a traumatic thing, mm-hmm. you don't think about that. And I do see, like a little later on, I do kind of touch on that because when mm-hmm. all the other people wake up, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> the movie's called Awakenings. I'm not ruining it for you. Yeah. Anyhow. So she says yes. And I made a little comment here about the protocol surrounding the medications in this place. <laughs> It made me extremely nervous. <laughs> I was not comfortable at all. Was, they just have it in a fridge in a room. Is it even locked? I don't think the so. The fridge or the room? The room is locked because there's a part when he goes in and he's like, on, he has a key. Okay. Yeah. At least there's that. <laughs> okay. So uh, Sayer starts the drug for Leonard, but he's not seeing effects right away. And I was questioning, what is the timeline here? Because That's my question me too. I'm like, how... If, like how long doesn't don't you have to like let the body acc- accumulate yeah slowly like hard meds take like three weeks or a month more than a month to start working when you're working on with like hardcore meds yeah this is our hardcore thing that you're doing and you're expecting it to work within you're a few hours brain chemical levels i mean there are some drugs that work pretty fast too but yeah we're not scientists. We're not exactly. chemists. So, <laughs> but it seemed like he was giving him a dose mm-hmm. and then within the same day was saying, I don't see results and then mm-hmm. giving him more of a dose and expecting him to just wake the fuck up immediately. Mm-hmm. And then it shows him giving him an even higher dose. Like he's on the slide going and stealing some of these meds mm-hmm. and giving him these crazy doses. Actually, I really don't know if they're crazy, but yeah, I mean, he's given him like 600, at least a gram and a half by the time. We're done here. Because those yeah. are milligrams, right? Or were they grams? They were grams. They were grams? That's what I understood. Oh, shit. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Actually, I really don't know how these drugs work. So I should really stop. For anything for me, 500, stuff like that. Or unless you're taking vitamins. But like normally when we take drugs, we take them in milligrams. Yeah, but not like 500 milligrams. Yeah, 500 milligrams. Of? Like you take... 2,000 milligrams of amoxicillin before a dental appointment. Okay, that's true. If you need to. Mm-hmm. And so that's four 500 milligram tablets. So it equals two grams. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a lot. So if he's getting grams, I'm like, to me, that sounds crazy. But uh, then again. Like no, it's I said, milligrams. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It's Is milligrams. It? Yeah. Sure? Now I'm doubting it. No, it's milligrams. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, yeah. I'm way off. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's ODing him. Maybe he's not. <laughs> In the, in the end, <laughs> in the end, Leonard wakes up in the middle of the fucking night mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just out coloring. It's cute. They do a lot of mimicking the beginning because when he first starts to realize, like when he first starts to get sick when he's younger, he's probably about 12 ish. He um, he's writing his name and then he starts to like fade off at the end of it and it just like trails down the paper. Um, and so when he wakes up, he goes back to that. He's like 
starting to write his name on the paper and it looks a little crazy but you can mm-hmm. tell that leonard's in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which reminds me so much of that person we know that had encephalitis and went to sleep on the phone <laughs> okay. and woke up from a coma and thought she was on the phone <laughs> yes okay <laughs> wild wild okay yeah so anywho he wakes up in the middle of the night it was really cute i like that scene you know nice touching we see it and uh so now we're moving on so these are the moving scenes uh we get a moving scene where sayer approaches some kind of boss he's asking for funding he Mm -hmm. wants to get this drug out to the rest of the patients in the hospital that have this like illness but obviously it's very cross prohibitive you can't be giving this brand new drug to at least a dozen patients. Yeah. At one point there was a hallway full. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then we moved down to just like the cast that they actually, like like, not the extras, the actual yeah, cast. They fired the extras. The ones that get names. Yeah, exactly. The extras, they didn't work out. Um, so that leads to another scene where all of the workers, the people that we've come to know, start filing out of the cafeteria handing checks as they go god yeah that was cute yeah and so then he gets the okay to ask for donations so we have another moving scene where he gets a whole bunch of donations mm-hmm. and so we get enough money which it was a lot of fucking money yeah we get enough money to get all these people on the meds and so now everybody's waking up and we get to see this is where i was talking about the pros and cons of waking these people up and then in parentheses i put Obviously, we can't get consent from these people who can't talk to us. Exactly. But there are some people that wake up, they're not very happy. Mm-hmm. So, they, first of all, they all have to come to terms with the fact that they lost many years of yes. their lives. Mm-hmm. Many, many fucking years. Yeah. And there's this one guy who's mad because he wakes up and his family is either dead or moved away and oh, forgotten him. And yeah. he's like, what the fuck am I doing? What do I do now? Like, now I have to live here fully awake oh, yeah. in this fucking hospital? Yeah. And then another lady is actually very happy to hear that her husband was granted a divorce. <laughs> She's like, well, fuck him. I'm all set. That's fantastic. Glad I don't have to deal with that. Um, but we also see the dynamics of like Leonard and his mom. Their relationship starts to change because he's growing up pretty mm-hmm. rapidly. Yeah. You know, he realized he's an adult and now he's interested in things like females. And he has a crush on one of the resident's daughters. And so now his attentions are divided. And his mom is like, are you really leaving me here? I'm your wife. Which was cute. Sad but cute. Um, I thought it was interesting to kind of see this. Because if you think about it from her point of view, she was the mom for way longer. Yeah. Than typical. Like her role never changed. She's been taking care of him as if he were a child a child uh, when that happened to him yeah yeah and even going back to like briefing him yep so this is awful for her mm-hmm. but i think also we see that in our jobs too a lot yeah because um we take care of adults and their parents still see them as their kid just because I think that need might be similar and getting that understanding that they're adults now, that's a huge thing to get. Yeah. 
But I think it's, well, yes, absolutely. I think it's even more obvious here Mm -hmm. because he does a lot of growing up. Like it, it seems like there's weeks happening here. Yeah. You just don't really get to see every single day of it. Mm -hmm. But he wakes up very in the mindset of perhaps like a 12, 13 year old boy. Mm -hmm. But then he quickly is like moving into his, um, preteen, I mean, adolescent years, young adult years. Yeah. And, so now his mom, within just a couple weeks span, goes from him needing her for everything to him being, like, changing into that 20-year-old. Yeah. Whereas it, the people we take care of, they don't, they never, they don't change That's much. true. Yeah. That's true. So it's still, like, they still need people. It's just their moms want them to be that person. Yeah. They don't want us advocating for them. Oh, yeah. That's true. But like it hurts for them because we do understand that maybe their favorite color changed to blue and they're like no and they want to wear this blue jacket now instead of that she hates that blue and we're like no actually she really likes it (laughs) i want to try to tell you about your kid because you don't you don't want to do that (gasps) yeah so she's getting like this crash course and growing up yeah i don't i thought it was cute that little scene when he's like, okay, mom, I got to go by. I'm going to go chase after Like this typical girl. teenager that goes and leave the mom. Very there. typical. Yeah. Or like outside the bus when they're going out. Uh, and yeah. he's like, mom, nobody else's mom is going. <laughs> Just stay. Just go in the other car. Yeah. Like even like the leg and the, they must yeah. have just watched teenagers. <laughs> so we also get to see Leonard experiencing the world as it's changed. Like he goes and visits some places that he went to when he was younger. He sees his name that he carved into a bench. He sees like styles have changed and shit like that. And airplanes are happening and blah, blah, blah. And the other people, we get to see them go out on their night. That's funny. That was so cute. It was was like this like swing 20s themed nightclub. And they're at the bar and somebody's like, so do you want blah, blah, blah? And the other one's like, is it legal? (laughs) It's like, yeah, prohibition's done. (laughs) Uh, This is like, I think this is the part when they're all having fun, like all of that. And then I checked to see how long was until the end. And I saw there was a lot. I'm like, these people are going to break my heart. Yeah. I'm like, after this, it's just going to be bad. I'm like, and then I stopped it. And then and until like, we have to watch it for this because I was like, they're going to kill me. Like, yeah, this is too happy right now. Exactly. I did the same thing. I paused <laughs> it and I said, we're only halfway. I know. <laughs> so that was a cute scene when they went out and they all had fun. And I thought it was really funny that Dr. Sayer thought they were going to go to a fucking greenhouse <laughs> and have a good time. <laughs> And they were like, these people have been like, like closeted for like yes. 20, 30 years. You're going to have to see plants. Like they've been kind of want to party. <laughs> it's so funny because he goes, well, then where should we bring them? And that's when they go to the nightclub. <laughs> I did. Right. So, you know, inevitably, Leonard starts getting annoyed because remember, he woke up a while before these other people. So he wants all of these freedoms. But there's all of these rules that go with being a patient in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So. He approaches Sayer and Sayer's like, all right, let's talk to the board. But then the board obviously says no. And he's really just asking to, like, go for a walk. Yeah, that he doesn't have to ask. He just wants to get up and walk. Yeah, he wants to be able to just walk out the front door. And they're like, wow, so many problems with that. Because what if we lose you? It's it's 
the hardest thing I, I have no idea what side I would be on I I was thinking in the air too. I felt sad because I understood but at the same time like you're responsible for him yes but unless the mom says go for the walk go you know what I mean right I was like is mom here for this because yeah. wouldn't she be his guardian mm-hmm. but does that even apply if he's cognizant now I don't yeah yeah there's a lot of like lines that he he's also getting treatment from the hospital true yeah yeah there's a lot and they don't know like they said they don't know the implications they don't know what's going on they don't know what could happen to him if he's not on a walk he doesn't know everything about society nowadays Mm -hmm. it's just there are so many things that could go wrong that's when you need a social worker yeah exactly you like I think that there's like this the next step for their transition that they need help with yeah i don't think they're the ones to make this decision right there you need another right hands off here we we are not equipped for this decision no (laughs) because this is going to need like an entirely new format yes we need need another team like one yeah so this is causing a lot of problems he's getting mad so he starts a rebellion (laughs) in detention because they put him in um like almost like the criminal ward or something Mm mm-hmm uh, what does he do to get in there he's just being yeah I aggressive mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh shit sorry so yeah i guess he was kind of threatening them a bit and they didn't like that he was so just they mad put him in like the bad boys unit and then he starts his rebellion yeah it it was intense he's rallying but we also noticed that like the more mad he gets the more heightened his emotions are he's developing tics mm-hmm. like he's starting to um lose his muscle control and he starts to deteriorate slowly over time. And then we realize that this awakening is temporary. Mm-hmm. And all of these other people have to watch because, again, he did it first. So he's deteriorating first. And so now all of these people that just got back their happiness get to watch it's slowly as he slowly deteriorates. And yeah. they get to see what's in store because For them, yeah. it starts just like it did from the beginning. You get a little tremor, blah, blah, blah. And like. They're going to go through all of the shit they had to go through before. Mm-hmm. And I think even the one that woke up and was pissed because everybody in his family abandoned him mentions that his son made contact with him. Oh, wow. I missed that one. And then they find out that it's only temporary. Oh. Okay. That I know. Is, I know. That is so fucking sad. I know. So during his decline, Leonard... Like, he really encourages Sayer to film everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So he would, like, break down and start seizing. And he's writhing in pain. Mm-hmm. And... That scene was intense. Yeah. And he's, like, yelling at Sayer, get the camera, get the camera. Yeah. And he keeps saying stuff like, learn. Yes, yes. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I think it was just, like, learn from so he can help other people. But, like, I would feel weird from, like, filming somebody and having... I understand why, but it's the saddest shit he's saying. He's sitting there, like, he can barely control himself. And, like, he's concentrating wholly on getting out words, like, learn from me. That's sad. Oh, my God. It's so awful. Because I even write here, this scene, I can't. (laughs) And then... I also wrote a note, I can't be watching this shit anymore. I'm definitely not watching that movie. (laughs) That's what I want to watch. And... I like I just made a note that obviously they've grown a lot together. Like mm-hmm. they're at the level of friendship now. Like when yes. when Sayer wasn't able to get him those rights, they had a fallout mm-hmm. because like it felt like betrayal to Leonard. 
He's like, you're supposed to be helping me. And he taught him how to do all of this shit that he has to do as an adult, like shave. Yeah. Dress. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is his fucking number one man. Yeah. And he just felt betrayed because you're like, you're like the others. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like Sayer doesn't want to film him right now. Of course. He's fucking devastated. He wants to comfort him. Yeah. Like a friend. Yeah. Like you're saying. And he can't because his friend's like, no, 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 just get the camera. And so he has to just sit there and watch him Uh, be in pain. It's awful. And then also he's thinking, I did this to you. (sighs) The Uh. guilt. So Leonard finally returns to his catatonic state. Um, But the film does show that Sayer stays committed to figuring out, like, how to wake these people back up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just thought that the ending scene was really cute because in the beginning, when Sayer is trying to figure out what stimulates people, uh, because everybody's stimulated in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, catching balls. Catching balls was mm-hmm. pretty universal. But also some people were more stimulated by certain foods, certain sounds, certain music, d- different stimuli. Yeah. Um, so one thing that worked with Leonard that like kind of broke that glass mm-hmm. was using the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And Leonard was able to communicate that way by moving the planchette, which yeah. is the little triangle thing you move on there. Yeah. Right. And so in the end, the last scene is Sayer placing Leonard's hands back on the planchette and saying, let's begin. I know. I just remember that he said that. <laughs> and it really like it, it said uh, everything. Yeah. Like, let's start again. Like, I'm not going to give up on you. I know. And um, it did give a little discussion after discussion you know when it, um, things are based on a true story and it just it caps you it. at the end mm-hmm. it tells you that they were able to awaken them a little bit more to some extent with different things that they did but it was never, never as good the, as that yeah I, I remember that so yeah that's really unfortunate but I mean I guess were you gonna say something uh yeah i was gonna say that it's sad but i think it's just the beginning of something i think everything starts like that just because we're like treating humans yes and everything starts like not perfect so it's slowly into like um everything starts really not perfect you never know yeah i mean it's not right to say you never know but knowing Knowing long-term effects, like something that's going to happen 20, 30, 40 years down the road is so hard. Mm -hmm. So fucking hard. Yeah. Like, how could you predict it? They don't even know where it fucking came from. And it disappeared. Yeah. Like, it came and went. So, it's like, what what do you even do? Yeah, and I didn't know that it was, like, all over the world. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just in the United States. Well, pandemic is around the world. Yeah, they're right. I'm a little tired, sorry. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm an epidemiology. <laughs> it's my job to know the definition. Oh. Have you ever heard of endemic? Endemic is like uh, the flu. Please elaborate. That is like, it's always there, like persistent. Yeah. It's not even. Like it, it returns. Yeah. It, it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. I was like, the flu? That's real vague. Which one? <laughs> All of them, all of them, bad boys. <laughs> the influ- like the flu, the influenza state. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's definitely influence. endemic. They say that COVID will probably be endemic. Yeah. There was like this. I think I talked about it on the podcast. There was this whole um, argument going on about whether you can consider COVID endemic yet. 
Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah. You and me. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were saying that it might might get there. We just don't have the data yet. Yeah. It's too recent. Yep. But they said that's how it's going to go. Can you imagine wearing masks forever in healthcare settings? I'm a dental hygienist, so I wear a so mask you wear anyways. It all the time. I'm not wearing a mask. I don't generally wear it like, um, well, I do now, but I never wore it before if I wasn't actively cleaning somebody's teeth. Mm-hmm. But now I just have to wear it all day when I'm actually in the office. But mm-hmm. before, can you imagine this? Like, this is so dis- This is disgusting. This is not proper practice at all Mm -hmm. even when there's not a pandemic happening Mm -hmm. but i used to take my mask off put it in my pocket and go get the doctor for an exam after i was done cleaning somebody's teeth but to like because i saw a lot of kids um in my old practice so i would have to do the fluoride treatment after that and so to put the fluoride treatment on i would take the mask back out of my pocket and put it on just for the fluoride treatment and so when covid first started the doctor came to me and was like, can you please not put your mask in your pocket? I was like, sure, sure. That sounds extremely reasonable. <laughs> That's a little disgusting. That is very disgusting. <laughs> but I mean, again, I was seeing kids. It was like polish, polish done. Or like uh, okay. brush your teeth done. Oh, okay. Very quick. If it was bloody or whatever, obviously I would just change my mask. But yeah, that's funny. I would do not even thinking I would do it. And oh, then okay. I was like. That's really gross. Probably stop doing that. <laughs> I've never done it. Well, since COVID came to our shores that we knew of, <laughs> to our shores. I did not put my mask in my pocket. <sighs> oh, I hate wearing the mask. It ruins my skin. Yeah. That's all. That's not my only. I don't like the shield. I have to wear it. Kind of. Oh, I guess a little itchy. Yeah, yeah. I get like oil here in my chin. My chin. My chin. 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 My chin. So did you, did you, you didn't get any kind of dive? Uh, no. Did you cry at all? I got a little um, sad, very sad. The part when Sayer, Sawyer? Sayer. Sayer con, comes back one night and um, Lerner is on the floor. And he said he can move. And he needs yeah. help. Mm-hmm. That, that was like, That was oof, sad. Yeah. That was sad for me. Yeah. And but my biggest emotion is when he wants to go out and he can just because I am very, very scared of that feeling of feeling hopeless and helpless that you want to do something and you are not allowed to. Yeah. I hate that feel like it scares me like very, I don't know. Oh, it, yeah. It's very disturbing. Well, to because me. Like, not having control. Yeah. Not having control. It's one of the most stressful things you can go through. So when I was watching, I was like, oh, it was giving me a little bit of anxiety. And like that can be translated to so many things, like not having mm-hmm. control, not having an explanation, not mm-hmm. having closure, all of that. I hate that. It's it's really, really stressful. Yes. Think about like the most stressful jobs are ones where you have no control over what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're just pulling you in every direction and you don't have any say in what you're, what comes next. Yeah. I thought it was just me, but no. I hate that feeling. That's like a huge health indicator. Yeah. That, that scares me in every, I think it, that can happen in everything in every part of your life. Yeah. It's just so scary. Like that thing, because I, this shit happens to people in a very bad way when they're not allowed to do something mm-hmm. for 
egg, like eggs, whatever. Like, be, like Alex makes fun of me because I'm terrified of going to jail. Just because, like, that's very specific. Like, you, like, physically can not be able to move anywhere. But he's like, no, you're fine. You're innocent. I'm like, there's, I mean, you're not, gonna, you're not guilty. I'm like, there's innocent people in jail right now. In a very weird way, they ended up in jail. A, a lot of people. So you're just generally scared you're going to end up in jail every day that you step outside? <laughs> no, not every day. But I'm, that's one of my top things that I'll be scared of. Really? I'm horrified of going What to do jail. you do to prevent it from happening? I don't do anything. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't understand. Are you just like extra cautious when you drive, perhaps? Are you extra cautious when you do I things? drive like an old lady. Uh-huh. And I make one of you, but like my family makes one of me because I drive like an old lady. But then my sister are going to say that I'm wrong because lately I don't see colors, apparently, and I'm like going by red lights. Oh, no. Very frequently. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That'll definitely get you in jail, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually. But or that, you could really hurt somebody. So That is what, when people is like, what is your biggest fear? Going to jail. Like, very quick. Wow. I don't know why. My biggest fear. What's my biggest fear? Probably a house fire. A house fire. Yeah. I make my family go <laughs> through fire drills. fire drills yeah and like i'll always quiz them on our meeting place uh-huh. and i'll always make sure that they understand to just like open a door or something so that the animals can get out i'm like please don't go back in for the animals i love the animals but they will find their own way out they're very instinctual yeah. or we'll just like be able to go to a window and find them like please do not go back in to find the dog because the dog probably already fucking left yeah that's true <laughs> like, that's true that's true and also uh well also we have like Big dogs, too. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. no. Queen Queen's kind of tiny. She's tiny. Yeah. But her ass would be out, and she's not waiting for you. I can tell you that. Um, I don't think Geisha will leave. I think we have to carry her out. <laughs> well, it's just an instinct. But also, yeah. I make sure to extra tell my brother not to wait for anybody. <laughs> I'm like, get your ass outside because he's super asthmatic. And I'm like, you will not last three seconds in a fire. You're not going to be helpful. Yeah. Get you out. will not be helpful. Mm-mm. <laughs> get the fuck out. And also I can't carry you. So get out. And. Oh my God. That's funny. I think you told me. This m- I was even my thing. roommate. I remind her all the time. I'm like, we're going to meet in the front of the house, not the back of the house. But don't worry. I always keep. I always keep a pair of pants and my purse underneath my window. Okay, okay. With my keys in my purse. Damn, always. you're like super that prepared. That way, okay. if I have to jump, like if I have to leave the house, like through my window, I'll have my keys so I can open the door to let Bentley out. Oh. And damn. I always remind her. I'm like, I have the keys. We can open the doors and let Bentley out. Just get the fuck out of your room. Okay, okay. That's a very good plan. Yeah. Oh, Always next to my bed. I have a pair of pants in my purse. Always with my keys in it. I will not go to sleep if they're not like that. That's very good. So, yeah. You're very fair compared to me. Like what I told you, like one time in my building, the alarm went off. Mm -hmm. And like everything that you read in a psychology or sociology class happened to me. So my alarm goes off at three in the morning (laughs) and I'm like, it's not an alarm. So, like, this is a building, not a house. So, you know how fucking loud they are. So, I'm like, yeah. So, I got up. 
I didn't get up from my bed when I heard it. I got up because the neighbor upstairs, like they jumped the fuck out. Those people ran. <laughs> and I hear them like coming downstairs. So I still don't get out of my apartment. So I get out and I start looking out the window. I'm like, is people getting out? So I'm like the one that is waiting for other people to get out. So I'm like, so I open my door and I'm like, is people getting out? So I'm like, why is nobody outside? And I'm like, you're fucking stupid because every building, they close those windows like the, mm -hmm. the fire. So I'm not going to see anybody because there's another side that they can run out. Right. Uh huh. So I'm like, I'm like, Gabriela, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to die. <laughs> So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm running to look for clothes. <laughs> so I'm like on the floor looking for clothes. And I'm like, oh, I need my keys on my phone. So I run. And then as I'm closing my, I'm like, shit, should I get documents? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so <laughs> I come out and like the people upstairs, they have shoes on. I have my fossil slippers and they were like, um, they had like running shoes on. And I'm like, holy shit, you guys were fucking <laughs> <laughs> And I come up with my silky dress. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Like my, my what rope. The fuck? <laughs> so, uh, so there's that, that woman comes out and she's like, you guys call the, um, the fire. And everybody's like, no. But the, yeah, they're, they're not connected. Yeah, they are. So that's what the guy was trying to say because the woman kept asking him and he's like, we don't have to. They came. Like, yeah. Not even like five minutes later or something. A like, fucking apartment know. building like that is connected to the fire department. Yeah. And then I, I was like, I don't want to stand here with my silky robe. So I'm going to go in my, in my bed. <laughs> I went into my car and I waited there. Yeah. That's when I, lo I lost um, electricity for like two days. Yeah. Oh, so that was recent. I was homeless. I was living on my mom. That was wicked recent. Yeah. So that how have you not told me this story? I think I thought I told you. Where yeah. the fuck was Alex? Alex, where was Alex? Yeah, good question. He didn't run out. No, he wasn't home. Where was Alex? Oh, he was working in the Cape. Oh, okay. So he wasn't home. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I was there, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, fuck. so I'm waiting for see, like seeing like where's the smoke. <laughs> I love hearing stories about your upstairs neighbor because you always be telling me stories about this dude. And I'm like, for those people, like, they rant. So <laughs> well, they that's what you do when a fire alarm goes the fuck off. I don't know what you were thinking. I was very slow. You know, like, the typical people, like, oh, those people are going to do something, so I don't have to do it. That yeah. was my thinking. Too. The bystander effect. The bystander effect. That exactly so, my question doing. Was your building on fire? Uh, something in the basement um, set the alarm off because it kind of like burned. Uh-huh. And the, the transformer got too heated and it like fucking broke. Oh, Because it was taking too much electricity in the, the building. Oh, wow. that's terrible. Mm -hmm. That, that could have been a fire. So, yeah. And it was Isn't that like, like, oh no, that's not how, because where we worked, there was a fire, but there was like a mattress on the, mm -hmm. on the electrical box. Yeah. So, it got, so they were like, uh, and it was fucking summer and it was so hot. My, my apartment is not hot because we don't get any sunlight. So they're like, you guys can go sleep anywhere, but you can't stay here because the fire department is not going to let you inside because it's a real fire. You're going to die. Yeah. So we're allowed to, to sleep in our apartment. 
But it was disgustingly hot. This was like middle of the summer, so I was sleeping at my mom's. We oh, were doggy, wow. so it was cute. So, holy shit, that reminds So, you know what is funny? You know, people have those um, cameras in their houses. Yeah. I would be funny, like somebody rewind and watch me like running around from like the windows. And then I went to the other window and I like, I opened <laughs> Stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> Instead of just running out. So when I worked at the other dental office with all the apartments upstairs, the whole building was connected, even the businesses on the sides of us, because it was all businesses underneath. Oh, and then on the me. top, it was all apartments. And the whole thing was connected. It took up like two sides of a block. So mm. there was every time somebody burned shit cooking upstairs, every fucking fire alarm in the building oh, went off. That's annoying. And so I was cleaning teeth. Yeah. And the fire alarm's going off. And I was like, it's probably just somebody burning food. But my patient was like, can I get up? I was like, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, if you want. Like, I didn't stop cleaning like, her bitch, teeth. I'm not burning because she of was you. like, well, I have kids. Exactly. She like, got up and I was like, OK, I understand. But it happened so many times. Um, it happened at least three or four times that I was working there that the same person burned food and we all had to leave the building. That was me and your Sims. Yo, your Sim. Do you know I figured out what it was? It was because the house was haunted and there were these little flame ghosts that kept popping up on your porch mm -hmm. and they were setting shit on fire. And so I didn't realize what was happening. So it wasn't so me that was a bad you, cooker. No, you kept setting the oven on fire. That was absolutely <laughs> you. You kept setting the oven on fire, but you didn't kill anybody with the fire. Oh. He may not died of the fire on your porch, which confused the shit out of me, but on your porch because of the flame ghost was that somebody knocking no it was my foot like in oh, the chair don't do that to me <laughs> the fuck <laughs> yeah so that's how he may not i was really confused i was like you don't even cook on the porch i was making a salad remember in the bathroom what the fuck because there's no counter space in the kitchen because you burned it all uh okay let's go back to podcasting right thank you okay so i did write a couple of things down That was a real... We went off. I know. Okay. Back People to are already like fast forward. Yeah. Sorry about that. So like we mentioned before, this did happen at the same time as the Spanish influenza, which was like kind of 1917, 18-ish. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I read a paper that was all about whether or not the two were connected or if it was just coincidental. Mm -hmm. But I think the main consensus is that if they're connected at all, it was in the fact that the Spanish influenza must have weakened people and allowed this opportunistic virus to be as aggressive as it was. That's what I read, too. Yeah. But they can't prove mm -mm. that the influenza was like the cause, is the not cause, the cause. Yeah. of the insect. Lightest, lethargic. Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot what it was called for a minute. So that's what I read. And I read so fucking far into it. It was talking about like proteins. There were a whole bunch mm. of like the RNA. Yes. And yes. all of this shit. Like I was fully living my scientific dream, except I didn't understand fucking any of it. Yeah. Because also they were saying there were a lot of similarities. <clears throat> 
okay? between the two patients, like the people with encephalitis and the influenza, mm-hmm. they're immunocompromised comp- mm-hmm. and something else very similar. But at the same time, they were like, we don't know. Because we can keep studying it because it's just fucking disappear. Exactly. And they're like talking about, like, you know, all those gross factors about decomposition and you know mm-hmm. lack of refrigeration and morgues and mm-hmm. how fast it takes things to degrade and you know being able to find those markers to tell you about the virus and all mm-hmm. this shit and you know it's, it's just these bodies are too dead or we can't find them yeah. to really prove anything um but the reason that they would want to prove something is because if it was related like causally between the influenza and the encephalitis that we saw here there would be a potential for it to come back with another flu epidemic. Can you repeat that last sentence? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's basically saying if this was caused by the flu, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that they're on their toes the next time a flu comes around mm-hmm. because they want to make sure it's not going to be a kind of flu that's going to cause encephalitis like this again. Ah, uh, okay. Because there might be the opportunity again for the virus to like exactly. wake up and be like, hello. Exactly. And if they found like another flu that was so similar to the Spanish flu, then blah, blah, blah. But it also talked about um, flus like after such and such a year being propagated by humans rather than an animal, perhaps. I'm not really sure. Okay. Humans might be from lab. I... Well, I have no idea. I kind of I've I thought they were talking about like mutations that didn't come from animals. Oh, okay. When yeah. But I didn't read that far into it at all because I was like, Okay, this is time for me to stop. <laughs> like I didn't need to go this far. Yeah. I'm not a geneticist. <laughs> and so that's what I read about that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry about this coming back around because like we said, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. But maybe somebody will be laughing at us after the apocalypse when everybody fucking is dead from encephalitic <laughs> lethargia. Lethargica. That's how you say it? I have no idea. I, I don't know. And I'm not oof. I'm not scrolling all the way back to find okay. it. But also I found a quote about mm-hmm. um, some of these habits they found in some people, more, more so younger people. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember in the movie when Leonard was getting very aggressive? Yes. Like, that was a trait that they found in some younger people with this um, illness. And the quote from the paper is, mental changes appear to be more pronounced in children than in adults with reports of self-mutilation, including one extreme case involving an eight-year-old girl who extracted all of her teeth and self-enucleated both of her eyes. Wow. Why? We don't know. Wow. Okay. Maybe the maybe she was because they said that a lot of like mental. I don't know what word to use here. Okay. Illnesses. A lot of mental illnesses came with this too. Like were a consequence of this. Okay. Yeah. I came with it because it's affecting your brain. Exactly. So I mean, like something must have been going on in her brain where she felt like her teeth were hurting her or her eyes were hurting her or something like that. That's the only reason I will think somebody pulled them out. But how does an eight-year-old girl have the strength to do that? I mean, I have to say, at eight years old, you do have a decent amount of loose teeth, maybe. But I'm telling you, those middle teeth are going to be pretty hard to take out at eight years old. And if you have six-year molars, um, you did not take them out. There's no fucking way in hell you took those teeth out. Wow. 
she was alive after that the amount of pain that is like psychosis oh yeah wow well yeah like if the they needed dopamine to like level their their chemicals i can imagine all the other chemicals that you have in your brain they're all fucked well pain is also subjective that's true so if you're if your goal in, in your head is like these teeth are causing me pain or my eyes are causing me pain and you take it out you're gonna feel better i assume yeah i hope because i don't want this eight-year-old to have felt that pain yeah that's a good way to end it yeah because that is the last note i have that's good <laughs> really you felt like that was good that poor eight-year-old no like to end end the story Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. I read a whole lot. I'll give you the links if you want to read it, too. Um, the one I gave you was the one that had the most. Oh, okay. And it has that quote in it. Ah, uh, okay. So it looks at it from every point of view, scientifically. It looks at it from, like, it explains what it is. Um, It explains the pathology. And then it goes into epidemiology. And then it goes into, like, genetics. And it just, it breaks down every scientific part of it. Yeah. yeah. For so us. I felt like it was the most comprehensive one. It's it's interesting for a lot of people. Yeah. So if they wanted to read about it, um, you could. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast Podcast or you can email us at Podcast Podcast at gmail.com. I wasn't even going for that, but that was perfect. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so also, if you want, you can rate and review us. We would appreciate it a whole lot. But also, I realized, and I meant to text you. I don't remember if I did. We never ask people to subscribe. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're bad podcasters. I think I think people yeah. can tell that. So, I mean, if you could subscribe, that would also be very nice. So yeah. We would appreciate it very much. Because you can see when we surprise you with an episode this month. <laughs> exactly but we'll get it in there we'll get it in there at some point we could even you won't i was gonna say do it virtually but i'm like you won't no nah it's too much to like, no, technology <laughs> no. so what is potentially next if we can manage to record it before we get to the gunslinger will be midnight in the garden of good and evil by john berent Mm-hmm. Which is actually a fun little dive into Savannah and like the 80s, 70s, I haven't even 80s. started it. I can't even fucking remember. I think it was the eighties. So I was looking. Is I was I didn't want to pay for the book, so I apparently have to pay ten dollars now. <laughs> I'm kidding. For the book? Yeah, I can't find it for free. It's not in the library. Um, I have to wait like a hundred years. Oh. Uh, I already like I'm on hold like to get I it. I think I own the book, but you have to read it girl it's a good book were you ready already yeah i read it years ago oh, okay so you don't need to reread it well i've skimmed it okay so we can talk about the logistics later uh but i wanted to say that i have another app it's called hoopla and there i can find books too so i put the name and they give me the soundtrack of the movie oh and i'm like i didn't listen to it I don't know much about the movie. I watched the first two seconds of it once. I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah. Well, the movie actually, because one of the characters is Shibli. And like the lady Shibli, as in the wine. And she, I'm pretty sure she played herself in the movie and became famous from that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And you know, 
You know me. You know us. It's a transgender woman. She is? Yes. Oh, okay. And she's just the most fantastic character in the whole damn book. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. She's a lot of fun. I have no idea what the book's about. I usually don't read when we... It's about a murder. I don't like to read what is the book. I want to be surprised. It, this book is everything. This book is just the variety store. What is that when you call, you go into a department store and you just got a little bit of everything? Uh-huh. It's like that, let me tell you, because it's like this journalist guy and he's just talking about all of these crazy ass people he meets up in Savannah. And it just, you get a whole taste of like Savannah's, just like how Savannah grew into what it was at the time of the novel. And like the whole air about it because savannah's just so different Mm. it's like its own little world okay okay at least downtown savannah and georgia savannah georgia Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i said that but then also because i don't know if there's other savannahs around i'm sure there is no idea yeah so also oh sorry you learn about a uh, murder that happened there that is a real murder and they it's a real murder right i'm not remembering wrong yeah and then it went through the courts like fucking three four times or something like that i should probably reread the book it went through the courts like three four times um like a murder trial because it kept getting thrown out for something or other in an appeal but it was just like it's a good book yeah okay i'm into it it's everything we want and need right now no it's just everything we fucking like to read about in one book i can't believe i didn't even think about it because i read it in like 2011 oh okay 10 years ago yeah something like that maybe i don't know i read it after i yeah it had to be 2011 because it was after i visited jared in savannah oh okay and he was like oh you should read this book and then we were like walked by the square because you know savannah has squares no idea savannah is like a grid and then in the middle mm. of the grid, like there's a whole bunch of little parks. There's oh, squares, okay. and so in each square is a little park. Mm. Forrest Gump was filmed in one of the squares in Savannah. Is even it like French? Excuse no. me. It's French. Do they have like a French? Um, mm, how you call it when you have community? No. Like ancestors. Uh huh. Are you thinking of New Orleans? Yeah. Are they that close? <laughs> no. <laughs> no not, not really. I'm tired. Okay. One's like here and the other one's yeah, like Yeah, I here. just thought about it. <laughs> I'm a little lost. Yeah, no, it's all right. Um, but we're excited about it. That's all we need to say. And so that's the end. That's what we have for you. Okay. Thank you for listening. Go practice the fire drill with your family. Don't be Don't like do me. Don't do that to me. Don't be like me. Don't stare out the window. <laughs> Do not. Please do not stare out the window and don't end up in jail. No, please. No. (laughs) Bye. Bye.